bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host, Zay and Young Vander. Yo, 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 we back in the building. Fantasy Football Fiend family, we got a treat for you today. It's me, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself, Zay. I got my man, Young Vander, in the building. Holler at him, Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? I got my man, bro, Joe, in the building. Holler at him, Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? This is uh, That's My Man's and Them episode. If you're not old enough, to catch the reference it is what it is you're still going to enjoy it anyway we got the news for you all our reactions to the cuts already got players on ir we got so much stuff it's going to be an action-packed show let's go ahead and get it started with your news and now your fantasy news first and foremost let's talk about the most notable cut what do you guys think about cam newton no longer being a patriot did you see it coming do you like the move where do you think he's going to end up at first i thought cam was going to be the starter this year but when the uh covet testing hiccup came around i was like okay that's it they're done with cam not only that that came around then mac jones happened to show out in in the joint practice against the new york giants they said he was out there giving them work and then the preseason game came along cam went out there through like five attempts had a pick 10 yards, Mac Jones had another good game. So when I seen those two things happening, I knew that uh, the writing was on the wall. I thought Cam was going to play at least four or five games, at least into the season. But I also, too, wasn't surprised. Like I, we, I said in one of our other episodes where Josh Daniels kind of had that Tim Tebow offense that he had when he was the head coach at Denver. But he's known to, you know, obviously a few years ago with Walker and Moss and, you know, really cut it loose and really put up some points that Mac Jones gives him the best chance to philosophically really do what his offense offense traditionally has done in the past and Matt Jones is ridiculous like 22 for 24 some ridiculous number in those joint practice with the Patriots so Cam not be having gotten the the shot or whatever that really played a part in it like all the coaches and teams have been prepped to say that none of their cuts and none of their decisions have been based on who's vaccinated and who's not. But come on, that that has to play a role in it. Most of them are just lying straight up. But man, I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a firm believer that if the young guy and the veteran are anywhere close to each other, then you go ahead and let the run guy run with it. He has the work ethic that's going to be necessary to be a great quarterback. He's already getting the buy-in from the guys in the locker room. Normally, you know, this would be like a a controversy or something, you know, but the guys are coming out of the locker room already and saying, hey, this kid's ready and um, I can see us, you know, making improvements with this kid. So uh, I love it. I was going to go ahead and get me a Mac Jones jersey, but they sold out in the first two hours of him being named (laughs) starter. So... (laughs) I'm a day late and a dollar short on that, but I'm going to keep my eye out, though. But, but you know what, though? Those, those Newton jerseys are going to be on sale, though. I might go ahead and get one of them for the time being. Oh, man, 75% off. <laughs> exactly. The Deshaun Watson saga continues. I I, I believe that they're playing a, a game of chicken. But do you guys actually think that they would literally put them on the, on the um you know, the do not playlist all year or are they just trying to make Miami pay up? I think they're going to uh, put them on a list all year until they can get the deal that they want. 
I think they feel that they'll wait the whole year and maybe at the beginning of next year when some things clear up a little bit, that they'll get the the package that they want. You know what I mean? So I think they're going to play hardball with them. It's kind of silly. I think you should go ahead and just try to get what you can and, and hit the ball too. club. They got this three first round, two second round dream, and, and nobody's uh, right now with everything going on and not sure what's going to happen. Nobody's paying up. So I think they're going to just hold them and hope for next year to get something closer to what they're looking for. Yeah, I think that tra- that no trade clause really works in his favor. I don't think he plays this year. I, I don't want to say that because I have him in a redraft league, but I really don't think he'll play this year because Flores has already gone out to say how much he believes in Tua. Everything he's even said to this point, even going back to the interviews from yesterday, he's not dividing the locker room. If anything, he's reinforcing Tua as the starter. It's just the owner, and of course the owner – dictates what happens and what changes come but three first round picks two second round picks for watson in 2023 cases i'm I'm okay I, i pass my thing is this we know the talent that this guy has right if i had to play six to eight games with jacoby Brissett as my starter but i had the next 10 to 15 years with deshaun watson as my quarterback i'm doing that all day what was the point of getting all them draft picks if not to get a Deshaun? So you're going to take all those draft picks and hope that you get a Deshaun Watson. I get it. That's a that's a lot of capital. However, you're not buying a maybe, a if, or a probably. You're buying a known commodity. And you're also going into a situation with your eyes wide open. He's going to be suspended. It's just going to be a matter of how long. And right now, the other thing to look at is the fact that the NFL has been pretty consistent that if they're going to put you on that exempt list, you're going to get put on that exempt list when the incident happened. The information that came out about him was way towards the beginning of the summer. And for him not to be on the exempt list already, I honestly think that if he could play, he would play through this year. And then once he goes to court is when everything will be kind of, you know, figured out as far as suspensions or, or if there's not going to be one and all that kind of good stuff. So that's kind of where what I'm looking at as far as that's concerned. I think if they didn't have so much invested in Tua that they would pull the trigger. But being that you already spent, a, you know, a first round pick on this guy, you already have a lot invested in him. I think it's, you know, they're like, OK, we don't want to give up all our draft capital to chase another quarterback and we already have one in the building. But do you? Watson is a better talent. When you, but when you already invested in one, I mean, because yeah. I don't think I don't think that the um, Texans are asking for two in return. So, so trade two or somewhere else. I'd rather go with the known commodity than hoping that we're going to be able to overcome what's in our division. You got to go up against Josh Allen. From the looks of things, Zach Wilson is going to be better than decent. You got Mac Jones. I don't know if you can go into that division hoping that Tua pans out versus knowing that Watson is what he is. But in that division, Mac Jones was a what? First round pick. Yeah. Josh Allen was a what? First, first round, round pick. pick. Zach Wilson was a high first round. That, so that's what I'm saying. This guy was the fifth overall pick. I mean, you just you it don't go like that. You know, what I mean, you can't just have a guy for two years invest a, a, a fifth overall pick and then say, well, we're gonna just throw all our picks away and bring in another guy. You tell that to Arizona. They they were good <laughs> for what they did because if you had kept Josh Rosen just because you spent the pick versus getting Kyler Murray. A whole bunch of people wouldn't have a job right now. Yeah, but Josh Rosen had an opportunity to show what he can do. I don't think I think this would be the first year that Tua has a full season, a full off season to really see if this guy is what he what he thought he was going to be. That's so fair. I, so I think that's the difference between him and Rosen. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, did you guys see? <laughs> did you see the? Uh, I think it was a TikTok video uh, with Juju Smith Schuster doing the viral crate challenge. 
no, I, I didn't. I didn't check. <laughs> you know how yeah. there's just some people that even if they don't talk to you directly, they just get on your damn nerves. Mm-hmm. I think this is his last year. Um, oh, it is. You know this the, the reason on the they wall, get one year contract. Yeah, the Steelers do what they do. You know they, they. It's like a factory when it comes to wide receivers over Absolutely. there. Absolutely, all the way back to. Hans Ward, I mean, or yeah, Santonio Holmes or Mike Wallace. I mean, the names go on and on. And he just keep doing it's like he wanna be you know, A B was a bad influence on that guy. <laughs> um, you know, you got some receivers that come in and certain things rub off on you. But yeah, the he got diva, the wrong stuff. Yeah, the diva rub off on him and like you dog, you haven't done anything yet. At all. So you out here you dancing and putting on and now you're putting your your health at risk by doing some stupid challenge. I'd have cut him. I ain't gonna lie. I would have cut him. Especially if he'd have failed. I'd just go ahead and cut him. <laughs> like, get him out of here. Yeah, he's, I mean, it's a one-year deal. I'm probably not in it for anything. If he'd have go up there and fail and fall, I don't care if he wasn't seriously hurt. If he'd have fall, I'd just cut him. Juju, I mean, he just can't get right. Like, like he just, yeah. he always doing something. And it's, it's, here's the thing. It's okay to make mistakes, but quit doing dumb shit. I mean, like, it, it, he does just completely irresponsible. This helps no one in any kind of, like, I understood with, well, I won't say I understood, but at least when Lamar Jackson was on a basketball court, with tennis shoes on playing football story was okay it's for the kids okay at least at least there's some benefit to this but what are you doing my guy like everything he does is just for tiktok like he literally he literally putting his career <laughs> at risk for tiktok and, and i don't yeah, get it he's young man caught up in his new social media age these young kids he's a part of that generation just like odell yeah okay you know it just they just different and that's what's gonna be my point too is um odell like has that balance of doing it but at least he does it the right way juju is a little bit younger I th- he's only he's even though he's a third year player i think he's what 23 24 yeah i think he's 24 like, he just can't get it right like and it's just like he said he lives big for tiktok um the gaming community youtube and it's just like is it football because he turned down what 12 million 14 million from the ravens and the chiefs to come back for a lesser contract with the steelers like that that didn't make sense within itself, but maybe I he think did. I understand why he did that though, because this is a down year due to the cap being lowered due to COVID. So I, I honestly believe that that was a I'm gonna bet on myself and hope that when the the money comes back, hopefully next year, as far as the cap is concerned, I can possibly get a Kenny Galladay type of a deal. He he didn't want to go be a mercenary somewhere else for a year and then go to a third team for an extended amount of time, but he wasn't willing to take a multi-year deal based on thinking that it was too low and it was because of the decrease in the cap everything else that's been done it is it, it doesn't make sense the thing is he I mean, he's not a number one receiver anyway he's not so he's definitely for, not if you're looking for that kind of deal you can forget about it to move on to another quarterback um wentz was actually activated uh, for the Colts. Uh, he was activated from the COVID list. So it looks like uh, he's he's getting everything thrown at. He's either about to go out early and you're not going to hear from him or he's going to have a hell of a year because it's way too much going on with him right now. It's going to be drastic one way or the other. Either he's going to end up being hurt. I, I still believe he's currently hurt, but it, either it's going to be an injury or like that would be one of the teams that I would immediately be reaching out to a Cam Newton type um, that, that's been recently um they don't really have much of a backup none at all none at all but the thing with, i don't want to talk about cam too much but the thing about cam i don't see him signing with any team because in his mind he's a star he's a star i call yeah. it the carmelo anthony syndrome 
And it's one of those things. Until he figure figure it out and say, you know what? I'm better off coming off the bench. This is what what you're going to get. Yeah, this is what you're going to get. So He need to have a conversation with Tyrod Taylor. He better get that money. Look, get that pride out the way, man. Hey, Anthony, go have a conversation with Anthony Wright. You remember A1? He's like the career backup. Like, this guy was holding the clipboard forever. And he, he just he just took his role and said, "Hey, this is who I am." Yeah, I think Winston is trying to like really, really prove himself. I think the media is really playing a part of how quickly he's coming back from this injury. But he always seemed to start off phenomenal during the season, and I think. As always, injury is going to just come back to bite him towards the second half of the season. So I already expect big numbers from him to start off, but it's going to phase out. We also have, uh, looks like CeeDee Lamb was activated, so he'll be good to go with the Cowboys. Uh, Wayne Gallman was picked up by Atlanta, so they dropped, uh, I believe the kid's name is uh, Olison, if I'm not mistaken. They dropped Olison and they picked up Wayne Gallman. Do you guys think that this will have any type of a, um, a lasting effect on uh, Davis, or or do you think it'll actually be good for the offense, or he's just the guy? Jag. And I'm not talking about the car. (laughs) It's just another guy. I mean, we've seen Wayne Gallman when the keys were handed to him. Remember in New York, they gave the keys to him. I didn't see a whole lot there. So even if Mike Davis goes down, it's not like I'm going to be checking for Wayne Gallman. They still have Cordell, who's going to get a few carries in here and there. In in all honesty, I think the Falcons are going to be playing from behind all season. So I don't see the run game even being a, a big thing down in Atlanta. I think their defense is horrible. So and I think they're going to be playing from behind, passing the ball a whole lot. So I don't see Wayne Gallman being that big of a deal for me. Yeah, same here. Like, I think if anything, they're going to just do a lot of, you know, 12 personnel, try to get like Hurst out there, try to get, you know, some of their other bench players involved because Mike Davis is enough. Cordell Patterson isn't enough. Mike Davis is something, but you don't want to wear him out too early in the season. I think he benefited from the lack of carries he's had over his entire career from the Bears, his stint in Seattle, you know, then going to the Panthers. So, but I don't think he's ready for a whole workload. So I think they'll get some carries, but I don't, I'm not a fan. And lastly in the news, we have a couple of melancholy situations, if you will. Uh, Looks like Herb Smith is going to be on IR. We don't believe he's going to return this year. You got a sleeper tight end that's going before the season even gets started. That also puts Herndon into play. Don't know if you guys are going to buy into the the Herndon hype. Maybe a change of scenery and going someplace that that there's nothing to do but play football may actually help him. I don't know. Yeah, Herndon Uh, had great upside. People been, you know, tooting this Herndon horn for years. I haven't seen it translate to the field yet, so I got to see it to believe it. I will say this. If if the norm, as I see it, holds true, there are going to be quite a few players that play for the Jets under Adam Gase. They're going to come out of nowhere because <laughs> he sucks as a coach. Um, I, I, I expect that um, for a, a guy I'm going to talk about a little bit later, so I'll hold off. But um, a, lot of, a lot of guys that played for Adam Gase just didn't quite even see or have the ability to reach their full potential under that system and under that coach so we'll kind of see what happens now, anybody else T.Y. Hilton T.Y. Hilton yeah he's he's uh, I think Barry you might know this a little bit more than me now I've been hearing for some it's a six week IR and then for others they were saying it's three weeks three weeks yeah I've seen the three week one too um I'm not sure which one he falls under he's uh, on the three 
Okay, he's on three week. Mm-hmm. The kid Bateman, the, the kid Bateman from uh, the Ravens also fell mm-hmm. on that. On the three? He oh, may I be, think he on the six. Yeah, he, he may be on the six. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. On the six. Galladay yeah. came back. <laughs> he did. Nah, they, they said that he was running full speed in practice, but they but he hasn't um, started doing any type of team drills or anything of that nature yet. So I don't know about Galladay, man. I, I, I really want to want Galladay on the team. I really I wanted to trade for Galladay in one of my leagues, but it's just like, man, like your hamstrings just they just stand right because this this hampered you all last year with Detroit. Year before last, you had issues with hamstrings. Like like we, we ain't even getting started yet, and you already got hamstring issues. It's just like I I, I don't I don't know if I want to deal with that headache because I don't see that issue just going away. And God forbid something else happens as well. So I I don't know. I I, I think I might just stay away from Galladay. But I'm not a fan of. Gall- at all. We're going to have to see how that work out. That's ugh. I like Galladay as a player, what his potential was. I think it was big. It was it was horrible for him leaving the Lions organization. They got Sterling Shepard already over there. They got Tooney over there. They got Slayton over there. It's a bevy of good quality receivers. And then Evan Ingram, who I think is going to take a big step forward in the offense because finally, you know, their OC can finally open it up. What's my guy named? Jason Garrett. There we go. I think this is finally the year he can take away the vanilla part of his offense, expect Daniel Jones to do a little bit more. But Galloway, I just don't see him doing real well. Like you said, hamstrings can linger. And that reoccurrence, so I think yep. you know, he gets another one here for the year. I can see it. I can see it. Um, I think that about wraps up the news. Next up, that's my man's in there. Uh-huh. That's my man's in there. But I heard he's supposed to be like locking down the industry on some shit, on some power shit. Dog, that's my man's in there. Mm, so what I'm doing, right, right. my man's in them is doing. Because right. that's my man's in there. You know, I feel you. Now you feel me. I feel you. Uh oh. So just gonna listen. Well, well, well. It's about that time. What time is it, good people? It's time to put it on. Wax. Today, we give our mans in there. What does that mean? That means the guys that we feel, regardless of where they're drafted, barring injury, that there's absolutely no way that they can bust. Zero percent chance. Well, let's just say nothing is absolute. One percent chance, barring injury, that they can bust. What does that mean to your team? That means that, in our humble opinions, if you get these guys it would be impossible for you not to have a balanced, complete team. So we're going to hop right into it. We're going to start out with Joe. And the reason we're going to start with Joe is because I know Joe going to get me to cut him today. You need to get this out the way. <laughs> because there's a couple of people that he going to put out there that we just going to have to, we're going to have to billy goat it out. We're going to have to butt heads or agree to disagree within the next few moments. But with that being said, Joe, let's start out with the quarterbacks. Give us your quarterback. That's my man's in there. Damn. So I don't even, I don't like give it away. Uh, my man's in them. But I'm going <laughs> to have to go back to uh, Herbert. Uh, I have to go back to that one. I think this year is going to be crazy. 
we already seen what he did and the sample size that we got impeccable uh turnover uh touchdown to turnover ratio and i really love what he got going for himself uh he's gonna do phenomenal now with eckler back where he's gonna definitely take a step forward with now mike williams and keenan allen and josh palmer is i like the offensive line they got around him now i think all of the the prior ones coming back healthy uh the center they got was phenomenal i honestly think he's going to creep up into the top five and i'm glad i can put it on wax oh wow top five huh top five okay i'm gonna save room for the show for my other ones but so we got justin herbert as our first on the board being claimed as that's my man's in there. We got yeah. Herbert from the Chargers. All right, who's your second QB? If I had to go with a second QB right now, I would have put Faith in Kirk, but then when he lost Irv, that's out. But I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger. I think this is the year. We talked, me and Van was really begging hard for this dude last episode. I really think having a full season back from his elbow surgery, just like I pointed out last episode, it was a total elbow reconstructive surgery. And he had one of his better years uh, under those conditions. Now he has another year in the uh, offense. He has a running back, finally, because uh, James Conner was not it. And I really like now that they can now don't have to simplify the offense. Just like I was alluding to before, they really played so simple last year. That's why their record was so pedestrian, because it wasn't the offense of old that we're used to. And I think now he can finally go deep. That's going to help Deontay. That's going to help uh, Chase. And now they got Ebron and they got the new tight end. Ben Roethlisberger. Easy. Put him Big in the top ben. 10. Too. Okay. So we got Big Ben and we got Mr. Herbert out in Los Angeles. Young oh, yeah. Vander, what say you? Well, I'm going to – if we're doing two quarterbacks, I'm going to go ahead. Big Ben was also one of mine. Okay. Um, you know, of course, I've been beating – if you've been listening, I've been beating the drum for him for a minute. Absolutely. Um, especially look at his average draft position. I mean, I think he's a steal right here. Uh, like like Joe says, another year removed from the surgery. I think they'll go back – Like also what Joe mentioned, I think they'll be able to go back to the old style of still a football. Last year, they kind of became predictable. Uh, Connor wasn't – you know, you wasn't really falling for the, the play action pass. You know what I mean? Like, if you can't get the run game going, then it's hard to throw over the top. So I think now that they have a better running back, a running back that showed that he can catch the ball at the backfield. So he's going to be a three down back. He has weapons. The rookie uh, tight end from, from Penn State looking kind of good out there, looking like a, a whole Heath Miller. You got three um, solid receivers uh, along the line. So I think this is a good year for, uh, for Big Ben, man. And if you're in a... 12, 14, 16 team league, one quarterback league, you can go zero quarterback getting this guy. You'll be satisfied with where he ends up at. I like it. I like it. Uh, my second quarterback, Jameis Winston. Uh, 12th, he's a 12th round uh, ADP. Uh, again, go zero quarterback, take this guy late. Uh, people going to say, man, last time Jameis played, he threw 30 interceptions. Yeah, but he finished second overall as a quarterback that same year. And he only got, he only got beat out by uh, – Lamar Jackson, who went crazy. So he threw 30 picks and was the second overall quarterback in fantasy. He got lazy. Quiet as kept now. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. When, when I finally got my glasses and admitted that I couldn't, that I couldn't see you, as man. well as I used to, it was like going from old school TV to living color HD. It's a huge difference. Like, so, I mean, he, he may be able to drop it in the bucket now to where as he was overthrowing the underthrowing receivers before. Right. Arian's offense always has to, uh, a lot of interceptions. 
interceptions. Where That's they for sure. Them. For sure. So for sure. we can't, you know, we can't hold that against him to his point. But he's one of those quarterbacks that trusts his arm. I lie, Brett Farvish, you know, when you got Jay Cutler, you know what I'm saying? When, when you got those certain quarterbacks that just trust their arm, they're going to try throwing every window. There's no such thing as a bad pass. You know what I mean? And he's one. He kind of falls in that in that category. But I think a year under Drew Brees, a year in this system, sitting on the bench, being able to learn, I think he's going to lessen the mistakes that he make. And if, God, if a guy can throw 30 interception and finish second, come on, man, give me that guy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm taking him in my as my other value. And don't think that it it, it went unnoticed that the two guys <laughs> that are on your quarterback list you actually have on your that's, team. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> our, hey, Joe, I, I got both of these guys. We're in a two-quarterback league. I got both of these guys. I got them at a steal in my eyes because I was able to fill out my roster with skill players. So I got all the skill players I want. And I got, I got man, I'm telling you, I don't want to put this out as a prediction, but I wouldn't be surprised if both of these quarterbacks finish top eight overall when mm. it's all said. That's, that's real talk. So I, I would not be surprised if, if they both finish top eight at the end of the season. And if they can both finish top eight at the, at the end of the season where you would draft these guys, you robbed everybody. I can kind of see it for Big Ben. The only reason that I don't necessarily see it for Winston is because his weapons, he got Kamara and he got um, Callaway. Yeah, Callaway. So that's pretty much all he has. So if you take away the the quote-unquote number one receiver, who really isn't a number one receiver, and then you stack the box with your safety, like, like, I mean, honestly, like, I I don't know where he's going to go. But I can see them throwing the ball a little bit around a little bit more because it's not like Kamara's one. This this Peyton, you know, he's going to drop all kind of stuff. I mean, but this is not the kind of offense that's going to just turn turn around and just hand the ball to Kamara 28 times or 25. That's not going to happen. Kamara's going to be catching a lot of balls out of the backfield, a lot of swing passes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a lot of yak and a lot of those catches. I think, you know, this guy can – they got the kind of guys that's not, you know, big-name guys, but they're skilled enough to, to maybe make some plays after some short catches and get it downfield. I think Kamara could be the number one receiver and number one right. running back. He can be um, Marshall Falk for sure. He can, I think he could be a 1,000 oh, thousand. He can get targets. You know, I think he can really be a 1,000 1,000 guy this year. All right, so – for my two quarterbacks, first up, I have Mr. Sam Darnold. I believe that Sam has upgraded everything that he could possibly hope to upgrade. Um, the coaching is better. Um, he's no longer under Adam Gase, who many players that leave him end up prolonging their career. He also has an improved set of weapons around him. When you look at what he had when he was with the Jets, it was nothing in comparison to what he has right now. He's three deep at playmaking wide receivers, guys that can and literally take the top off of the defense. One of the three of them will have to sacrifice to be the slot guy because all of them could actually be uh, an X receiver on any given team. So I love the fact that he has that diversity in the wide receiver set there. You have Darren Arnold, who is going to be an upgrade for him at tight end. Barry made mention a little bit ago as to the struggles that Chris Herndon had with the Jets and he never really saw his talent come to fruition. So you're going to have access to Dan Arnold. The ultimate weapon, you're going to have access to CMC. And and let's just be honest here. With CMC, not only is he a great runner, but you're going to get yards by default just by checking it down to him and him making plays happen. So I believe that all the way around, um, Sam Darnold has been blessed. (laughs) He he gets an opportunity to show what he's really capable of in, in a good offense with good players around him so that's 
the first QB that I believe that absolutely positively can't bust, especially when you look at his draft position. It's so much value there. And you can you can fill out the rest of your roster, as Vander was alluding to earlier. And then you come and get this guy that I personally believe will end the year being a QB1. So when I say QB1, I'm looking at the standard of it being 12 team. That's the average amount of teams in the league. So when I say QB1, RB1, wide receiver one, whatever the case may be, I'm talking about the top 12 in that particular position. So I believe that Sam Darnold has a great chance of sneaking his way into the back end QB1 conversation by years end. Um, so that's my first quarterback that I believe is just going to tear it up this year. That's my man's. Second, the GOAT, my guy Tom Brady. If you look at where they ended up in comparison to where they started, night and day. If you look at those last few games, I'm going into the playoffs and in the playoffs, the offense was able to really get rolling. Um, They didn't have an offseason last year. At any given time, one or two of the three wide receivers was hurt. There were just so many circumstances that weren't advantageous to them getting the best out of their offense. Uh, Gronk really didn't get his legs under him until he was like at midseason or shortly after. Um, You have O.J. Howard coming back. There are just so many things that are going on. Uh, Brady has his outlet guy now with Gio Bernard. Um, We didn't mention in the news, but I I know he had like a little nick up injury going on right now. And he was he's still supposed to be ready for week one. So they have a trio of running backs that I believe is going to be absolutely a godsend for the way that Tom Brady likes to play. And right now, Tom Brady's going as like the, I want to say the 10th QB. There's no way that Tom Brady doesn't return value on that pick. So I see no way that he can bust. So that's my man's. Barry, where are we going next with the roster position? Uh, we're going to the running back position. And I like the guy, Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers. Volume, Love it. Volume, volume, volume. Volume is king. Um, this guy, he got a real chance to to push for 300 touches. I can see it. I really you know, can. You know what I mean? Uh, he's a three-down back. In the preseason, he's shown that he can't catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think he's a perfect fit for the offensive scheme. If you're familiar with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For I mean, he's going early second round in, in most drafts. You get him at the top of the second. It's like the 11th ranked running back on boards. And um, I think he's a bet to be a top 10 runner in pretty much all formats this year. So he's not going to see stacked boxes. So I think he's going to have really good running lanes. He's just a guy that I, I like, and I think he's pretty much a, a win-win for his draft position. I have this guy. He's ranked 20th. Um, he, moved okay. up, he moved up the board a little bit after the, the injury, and that's James Robinson. I think he got the boost Facts. after the injury to, uh, to ETN. He got a draft position of going in the third round. Um, this guy finished, like I think, eighth overall last year. So I, I, I really like him moving forward. He's somebody that, you know, if you tell somebody he finished top eight, it's like it was like a like for real like, like a pipe him. dream like, <laughs> like, nah, not him unless you had him you have no clue <laughs> correct and I had him last year I got him off the off the off the, the trash heap last yeah, year yeah you did you know what I mean so Joe did too so I drafted he, him oh you drafted oh, you him you drafted him okay mm-hmm. okay I thought you picked him up off the waivers I know I know you ended up with him but I didn't know you drafted him yes the twentieth ranked running back if you can get this guy to finish top ten again I think that's a super value so that's my man's. At the running back position, James Robinson, Najee Harris. I think these two guys can definitely win you your leagues this year. I like it. I like it. Joe, what you got? 
<laughs> I'm gonna go with Miles Sanders first. I uh-huh. cannot wait to this go out in the season uh-huh. end. This kid is so underrated, and I think right now is the best time, especially early on in the league, is to trade for him because no one's going to see his value. He's averaged five yards a carry, and he hasn't gotten the ball hardly enough to really show the return of investment that you really want. Yeah, he's giving you eight hundred, you know, eight hundred rushing yards both seasons. He's giving you four, you know, three hundred one year, four hundred yards the following year, but. Had he not missed four games, he would have killed his floor uh, that he had coming off injury. He's a phenomenal talent. People don't really think so much about him because of the ineffectiveness that was going on. And it wasn't no fault to him because of the deficiencies at receiver trying to overcompensate with the Boston Scott, trying to get too many running backs involved, and they didn't give him his fair share. But once Jalen Hurts came on the field, this dude just, just went off. So I love him. I definitely think he's going to compete heavily for top eight. He's going to reach the end zone a lot more. Jordan Howard, he's gone. And Boston Scott, I love him to death. I think he's a great change of pace kind of running back. I like Gainwell over over the course of the year, in addition to being a kick return, punt returner. He's going to be explosive, but I love the value of him because I really I think a fair comp to him is Jonathan Taylor. And it's funny that his head coach was the offensive coordinator for the Colts. It doesn't matter how many running backs they had with the Colts. When Jonathan Taylor Taylor was ready to ascend. He ascended in a big way, and and Miles Sanders is going to do the same thing. I had to pour a drink while I listened to that, just so you know. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but go ahead. Go ahead. This is going to take up most of the show, but so I'll make my other positions real short when I come my turn. I'm going Saquon Barkley to finish top three as a running back. I'm calling it now. I'm saying it right now. I actually mm. already know how I feel about it. That's why you had to pour a drink. I may need to pour but... me a drink of bleach. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you feel dirty right now? <laughs> so... Everybody gonna say, Oh, he's injured, he's hurt, shot, he shot, hasn't been shot, on the field. Shot, 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 shot. <laughs> X, X, X was saying his ROI, his return on investment was so horrible. This, let's go with this year. This, like, we were looking at somebody, everybody's talking about he's hurt and all this other stuff. This guy wants his money, he wants his bag. I want to point out two parts. I'm going to say three bad situations because they're not bad bags. Three good situations, right? So Chris Johnson, right? 952 carries from 2011, 2014. 952 carries, right? DeMarco Murray, uh, 1,105 touches over four years with the Cowboys. Le'Veon Bell, 1,500 carries within five years, right? But those are people who wasted their prime and didn't get paid no extra money. They wasted their prime. They got slutted out over 400 touches, and we already know what happened when backs getting that number, how that went, right? Jamal Charles, though, tore his ACL 2014, you know, came back, set over 1,745 total yards. They gave him his his two-year $18 million deal, right? Adrian Peterson, fresh off his deal, $96 million, but he tore his ACL, MCL. Everybody counted him out. Everybody talked crap about him. Came back 2,300 yards, 13 TDs, and when it came time for 20 2015, three years, $42 million. Lastly, Dalvin Cook, and we saw how he tore his ACL 2017 and 2018. He missed a lot of time with both a grade one and grade two uh, hamstring. He goes off for 1,600 and uh, over 1,600 yards, 13 touchdowns. They just gave the man 63 million, 28 million guaranteed. So I say that to say this. 
Saquon is a 99th percentile rated player. Adrian Peterson was in the 80th, 6th percentile, even when he had his MVP season. So we're comparing genetics, body type, what type of athleticism. It's already proven what I'm getting with Saquon. Saquon has been healthy this entire time. His management for Rock Nation is free. She's a fucking beast. She just got Ron Staley $112 million. Just like we talked about uh, Juju being stupid. She's the one behind Juju deal. She could have had 13 million with the Chiefs, 14 million with the Ravens. That's on him why he ain't take it. But this woman just got him 20 million. He they made she made Nike tear up the contract. Gettleman, who's the cheapest person in the world, is now all of a sudden talking about, oh, we'll redo his his contract. This whole offseason has been a hoax. Saquon has been just letting everybody think he's hurt. He's <sighs> filling into the hype because he knows what one MVP season that he's about to give everybody will do for his future. He's not stupid. So I'm telling everybody right now, everything that I'm, I'm proving right now, you can look it up. He is going to go off top three running back. Period. Done? Thousand and thousand. Done? The end. You done? Yep. Now, I don't know which load of bullshit I should shovel up first, Ooh. but I guess we'll start with Miles Sanders. <sighs> Logic dictates that if you were passed the ball 52 times and you only caught the ball 28 times and I go out and I draft a pass catching specialist logic would then dictate that you ain't going to be on the field every down no more bro and those four games that he missed is a part of the reason why he won't be on the field every down because he can't stay healthy when he get the load you mentioned um, your, your man Sirianni being uh, with the Colts now one thing that I noticed because I had JT last year it's very uh, interesting that although JT was showing his behind, Hines still kept getting in the game. Wilkins still kept getting in the game. This coach has shown a, a pattern that even when he has a stud, that stud still won't get Zeke-type volumes. Sir, uh, where did Jonathan Taylor finish, though? Even though Hines had as many catches? I'm Sanders is not JT, first of oh, all. Oh, okay. Se sec second of all, and just as importantly, not only not only is he not JT, but he's not going to have that end-of-the-year six-game garbage stretch that uh, JT had to prop up his season. Prior to that, nobody was screaming his name all like that because he just wasn't getting the volume like that. That's the same thing that's about to happen in Philly. You you speak of the, the stretch that he had when Hertz came in. If you actually look at it for what it's worth, he had two huge plays. One of them was against Pittsburgh. Three good games against top three run defense. After he had he one back. good play, Joe. After he he came had back. one good damn play. Watch one Watch play it. made the Watch whole it. game. He got like 80 he yards on and a touchdown on one play. That's why you think he had a good game against Pittsburgh. Okay. He did not. Game Wait, was doesn't garbage. it take 11 men on the field? Don't it take 11 the game on the was garbage. He had one play. One one play. That's I, it. I would, One play. Hey, look, Sanders has had less than 180 touch, like running the ball. He's only run the ball hundred, a little less than 180 times in both seasons. Yet he's giving you over 800 yards rushing the ball. That's his floor. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You say that that's what he did two years straight and that's his floor? Maybe that's his ceiling. How he's showing you ceiling? a Because that's what he got two years straight. Because that's what you just told me. Okay. Why, why, would I, why would I think that's his floor because this is when my that's point. his highest he's gotten for two years? Okay. What are you talking about? Okay, but this is my pick. This is my man's in now, okay? I agree. What I was saying was. <laughs> that's definitely your guy. We're going to write okay, that down. Okay, Jonathan Taylor had gotten 230 <laughs> touches last year. Let's not forget about that. And that. This team was so dependent on wins early on in the season, they deferred to giving his ball, this kid the ball in obvious down and distance and waited till they was behind to try to finally get orchestrate 
an offense that revolved around him. That's why the previous head coach not even on the team anymore. So let's 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 be honest to that. Let's be honest to that because at some point he had to step down from take from actually calling the plays for them to actually get competitive and have a chance to make the playoffs, which is odd because the NFC East is, is what it is. What I'm saying is Miles Sanders has not been used to his full potential. He is about to be used to his full potential. And he's gonna get hurt again. I think you don't want to help our followers. I think that's what it is. <laughs> this is clearly this is clearly a good opportunity for anybody. anybody. It's really not. It really it's is not. It's fool's gold. But but hold on though. Now Bark man, Lord Top three. Lord help. Top three. Top three worst Top picks three. that you could possibly have in the draft. I I, 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 I would go there. So how's that a bad man? Pick? You can trade here. for him. He's not let, gonna let, do let me explain something to you about Mr. Barkley. First of all, Mr. Barkley does not have an O-line. All right, let's start there. Second of all, Mr. Barkley hasn't been what you remember him to be since Eli left and he checked down the ball a hundred times in one season. That's the only year, I say again, only year that Barkley has actually ended up at the end of the year where you drafted him to be. Every other year, he ended up further back than where you drafted him. As in, for example, if you drafted him as the QB2 and he ended up at QB4, you drafted him at QB4, he ended up at QB6, 7, whatever the case may be. He's only returned value on his draft position once in his career. He gets hurt all the time. If According to camp, they say that they're hopeful that he'll be ready for week one. It, it isn't even a guarantee that he'll be ready for week one. My thing is this. If it took you all this time to almost be ready and I got to spend – a first round pick on you? Oh no, sir. You know what, Joe? Let me ask you this. Did you happen to have Barkley on any of your teams in his rookie year? I had him I had him last year actually. I didn't have No, him no, 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 no. No, no. Did you have him oh. in his rookie year? No, I, I didn't have the the blessing of having Okay. Okay. So so <laughs> what it is is you're hoping that you get that Christmas gift that that somebody else got a few years ago. You, you mm. need to go a different direction to get that gift because no, no. Barkley ain't it. Okay. I'm this is where he's been hurt a lot. What's what's a lot? I mean, last year he missed or a couple the year before last he missed a couple games with an ankle injury. Okay, cool. Last year he missed what after the second game he out. He really other than that, he hasn't been hurt in college. He hasn't been hurt, had any catastrophic injuries until his second and third season, right? I just make my clearest point clear today, right? We have Dalvin Cook. We got Charles, we had Jamal Charles. We had AP all coming back from these injuries, mind you. So ACLs isn't what it once was where these kids are coming back, they're less explosive, their career's over, it's finished. No. Why are you and acting like the ACL is the only injury he had, though? The ACL was the only injury he had. He's okay, had several but, ankle. Now, now, mind you, played several, through several some injuries as well, but but I mean, I'm not AP getting a guy with this many MCL. issues in, in the first round. I'm sorry. It, it, it don't make sense. To my it point, makes zero sense. So, Vander, what is your take on Saquon? I don't want to touch him. I'm just not. Uh, the, the talent is there for sure. But to compare him to like an Adrian Peterson, those kind of, I, I think that's like, you you don't compare nobody to Adrian Peterson. I mean, this guy can go get by a truck tomorrow and he'll be out there next week. Like, he, he's like Wolverine. So his healing, his healing, his healing is a little bit different. But I, I just don't trust Barkley, man. I think he's just in the wrong situation. I don't like him on the Giants. I think a lot of people are going to key in on him. I don't think the office line is good enough. For for what you're going to spend to get him, I just wouldn't touch him, me personally. Perception. It, it's, it's, it's a fool's gold to some, but he's someone that's going between 8 and 12. And I don't honestly predict the first few games he's going to put up astronomical numbers. But I do think week four, week three and on, oh, it's, it's 
back to where it, what it was. And again, I, I don't like. I'm to not drafting you in the first round for you to fuck me over for two, three weeks. Oh, but I'm not asking our viewers to draft him because if you're lucky, if he's gonna fall eight to twelve, I'm getting him. But I know I can also come back if after I have a phenomenal draft, I take all the advice that we got from uh, watching this show and I accumulate all these players. I'm gonna give up somebody to go get him because somebody's gonna think just how everybody else is thinking. If I, again, all this talk about him being hurt is coming from who is it's what perspective from the what you, oh my god i need another drink go ahead no because because <laughs> we still got a show to do but i'm gonna I'm try to make my point in two minutes again i listed off the good and the bad right i just showed you how three people with acls got their money got paid right that ain't him. money ain't got nothing to do with it it's, it's definitely money it's definitely money this whole offseason has been angled for him to protect himself from making sure he ain't going to be end up like a demarco murray to make sure he's not a chris johnson to make sure he's not a Le'Veon Bell. Because so everybody let me ask you a question, Joe. Do you think he gets enough touches in order to finish top three, though? Do you oh, think they're going to? Like, you think they're going to get him close to three hundred? I mean, like, where oh, do you think? I think he's going to be in three fifty to four hundred touches this year. Mm. That's, that's that was never a question. Okay, type of thing are all extreme. But again, we're dealing with a 99th percentile athlete. Like, it's not like we're dealing with somebody that's weak. Adrian Peterson was considered an 86th percentile spark rate NFL. You know, NFL spark rated athlete. So I got somebody way higher than a propensity and potential of an Adrian Peterson coming back from an injury, but I saw AP win an MVP go 2,000 yards. How can I discourage a kid who has crazy track record? Can you do me a favor, Joe? When we go off here, I want you to go research the offensive line that Adrian Peterson had the year that he ran for all those yards in comparison to what the Giants have right now. I mean, I mean, according to like pro football focus, I mean, Joe D., the Giants' office line is coming in as a 32nd ranked unit. I mean, that's that last. means that they're, they're the first worst in the yeah, entire. They're, they're trying to say he has the worst office line in in, in the football. In, in the entire up. league, he's so, not gonna stay healthy. I, like bro, I say, I, I don't, it's not the athlete itself. I think if he was on the Cleveland Browns, I would oh, love man. him. Oh, you know man. what I mean? If he was on the, maybe the Oakland Raiders, I probably would love him. You know, being that these teams have better offensive lines. But his situation, his, it's going to be a gift and a curse. His pro is going to be his con. He's so good that all these teams are going to stack boxes and just take him away. And I just don't think he'd be able to finish top three. And not only that, you got the Washington Redskins in your division. You got to see them twice. So, I mean, and the, the Eagles, believe it or not, are probably a decent run team. For him to finish top three, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, I, I like him, but I think it's a bit of a stretch. Because, I mean, think about it. A lot of our listeners are people are going to be questioning, okay, do I take Barkley right here? Do I take Jonathan Taylor? Do I take Antonio Gibson? Do I take Najee Harris? Are you telling these folks to take Saquon over these guys? Oh, yeah. If, I, if I'm 8 okay. through 12 right now, where he's typically going, I would take Saquon. Who's behind him to challenge him for carries? Like, you look at Jonathan Taylor, to his point, Hines is there. You look at the Steelers, Najee's great, and he's a phenomenal pass catcher, but they want to get Anthony McFarland a considerable amount of touches as well. I like I, I get it. Nah, 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 nah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna just gloss over that. The Steelers what? have never used multiple backs unless somebody was hurt. So and, I, and I'm now, not just they're not and, about and, to split the backfield now. And, and another and I, I didn't Najee. say this, I didn't say this in the last thing, but that's another reason I like Najee Harris because they just cut the kid Jalen Samuels. Yep. So three down back. Yeah, I, I, I think, no yeah, I don't think it's gonna be it's it's, it's, it's all it's all or nothing. Mark it down, Saquon top three, and I'm glad we got the show as a point of it's on wax. That's your guy. We'll give him to you. I mean, I hope he does well. I like him personally, but I just don't think he's in the right situation. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> my two guys, my two guys, uh, you actually brought him up a second ago, Barry. Gibson, 
I okay. absolutely love the Washington football team starting running back Gibson. He is a phenomenal back. His talent is on par with the upper echelon of the NFL running backs. The other thing about him is the talk in the offseason was that they were going to attempt to make him a Christian McCaffrey type running back as far as the system is concerned. A lot of times when you hear things in the offseason, you don't really you know, give it very much thought. But the fact that the coach that coached Christian McCaffrey was the one that was indicating that he could handle that type of a workload and that he has that type of a skill set, just the fact that that thought is in the coach's mind is something that I absolutely love. Pair that with the fact that this guy is a converted wide receiver. I don't I don't know if, if you guys knew this, but in college, he played wide receiver um, for the majority of his college career, and then he switched over to running back. So actually, receiver is the position that he's more comfortable with. So the fact that he's a phenomenal runner and his natural position was wide receiver, he does definitely have the skill set to take on a, a, a Christian McCaffrey type of a workload. And when you're talking about the defense that that Washington team has, I mean, they're going to be running the ball a whole lot throughout the entirety of the game. So I can see him getting the volume. He has the talent. He has the role, the scheme, everything. He's a game, but everything that we preach in the fantasy guard system, this guy checks every single box. Not the injury to mention box the fact. Too? The injury box too, X? I'm sorry to cut you off. While we <laughs> talk about injury a second ago, I'm sorry. <laughs> you butt hurt now, ain't you? I understand. Oh, Listen, we're just having so, a <laughs> Yeah, we are. I know you like to say, you know, the proof is in the pudding. What are this young man's numbers end up, end up being? Running backs get hurt. That's what they do. He, he doesn't have an injury history that, that, that scares me. He doesn't have an offensive line that scares me. The fact that his offense actually should be better as a whole than it was previously, that in and of itself is encouraging. The fact that it's year number two in this offense, and we all know from watching football that normally year number one is that filling out period. You combine it being year number one with that new offense for the team and it being his rookie year, that's why they didn't give him the full workload. It would have been too much for him to comprehend in year one with no offseason COVID year, all that kind of good stuff. Do I believe that his workload can increase? Absolutely. And if his workload increases, now we're talking about a Zeke in his rookie and sophomore years on the front end of that. He has every bit of that in him. And if they actually use him as that three down back, there's absolutely no way he doesn't return his second round value. That's the first running back that I have as being my man. The second running back, Vander, I, I think you're going to... uh Enjoy this. <laughs> the fact that Wayne Gallman was let go tells me that Sermon, Trey ready to rock. We all know what Mostert is going to do. He's going to show his behind for about two or three weeks, just like Barkley. <clears throat> and then he's going to be hurt. And then the backup is going to come in. And here's the thing. Not only is Trey playing the role of the backup, but he's going to have his role regardless of whether Mozart gets hurt or not. We know how that 49ers or that Shanahan system works. But when he actually gets his opportunity to either one, take over the role, although neither one of them were injured, or two, takes over the role because of an injury, no matter how you slice it, I feel he's going to take over that job within a relatively short amount of time. And based on where you can draft him, he could be a game changer for you. There's absolutely 
no way, again, barring injury, that he can bust based on draft position and knowing that offense to be what it is for running backs. That's my two guys. I definitely like Trey uh, moving forward. Um, like you said, Moster is so ideal for this offense, man. He is. But he just, the injury bug is just, just crazy. Any running back in, the, in this system, I love. So I definitely like the Trey pick for sure. Joe, you pick the next uh, position we're going to. Oh, yeah. We're going we gonna to go to the wide receiver. Okay, okay. I'm going to start it off with Marquez Callaway. I know we talked about James. Okay. Hey. This kid is really underrated. And I understand, like, you know, for the most part, we were looking forward to Mike Thomas. But he's actually, you know, statistically did okay his rookie year. And as expected in that offense, of course, with Emmanuel Sanders there for some part. He reminds me a lot of Sidney Rice. And I'm not talking about the, the end of Sidney Rice. In the middle, I'm talking about that one good year he had with Brett Favre. He's a high-contested catch kind of guy. He's a one-trick pony, similar to how what people kind of wrote Metcalf off of, but I'm not giving him the comp of Metcalf. Um, he really stands out on getting separation and beating people deep and winning the 50-50 ball. And I think, obviously, one thing that he's benefited from that he kind of alluded to himself is that he got to learn every position here with the Saints. And they moved him around until uh, once you learn one thing he kind of alluded to, they moved you to learn to another position. So he's going to definitely be used around the field. And I think having an opportunity to have the rapport with uh, Jameis from last year, being that Jameis was a backup at the time, as was he, I think it's obviously with nobody else on the team, this kid is going to do really well. And then my second receiver to Josh Palmer and I can't say it enough and uh, to give context to it and kind of put him on the map Chris Harris who's an all pro corner has already compared this kid to Des Bryant and this is Chris Harris that we're talking about who's a three-time pro bowler, I might add. And what I like about Josh Palmer is that he's another one of those Tennessee kids who didn't get uh, to put a lot on tape, but his tangibles are so great. He's such a good route runner. And Keenan Allen is another another guy who said good things about him. Keenan Allen said of of Josh Palmer that he's uh, better than me when I came into the league as far as what his skill sets and what he brings to the table. He has a high work ethic, great route runner, because this offense has to take the next leap if they're going to compete with Pat Mahomes and just overall take over um, that division, they're going to pass a lot more. They got rid of Joe Reed and Tyron Johnson, so he's literally locked into that third receiver role in an offense by Joe Lombardi that came from the Saints. So that's my second receiver. You don't think Guyton might get that role? Has, has he already passed Guyton? Because I'm not familiar with the kids, so I'm asking. Um, Guyton, Guyton had a phenomenal season, and that's a good point. But this kid is going to definitely settle into the third receiver role. And if, God forbid, happens to Mike Williams, true, he's, he's, he's going to move into a role okay. and kill it. Joe Lombardi mentioned, too, is they're mentioning him in the X receiver role as well, too. Okay, uh, I'm reading the tea leaves, if you will, because Williams is on his last year. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to resign him. And basically, if I'm deciphering what you're telling me correctly, he's kind of a Williams clone. Big body wide receiver, sharp route running, can go up and get the ball. If you're saying Des Bryant, I mean, he kind of that same vein of a, of a guy. So is that what I'm hearing or am I, or am I stretching? That's exactly. And like I said, Keenan Allen said he's better than him when he came out as a rookie. Hmm. So that says a lot coming from Keenan Allen, who was damn near lighting it up as a rookie himself. I, I don't have a comp for him as a player. For Chris Harris to say that, and we know what kind of caliber cornerback he was, for him to see that in that kid, I don't play, you know, professional football, but I will take a prof- you know, a pro bowler word over, you know, anybody else. Really? Uh, so to, to our fantasy listeners, are you telling these people, 
Kid Palmer. Is this a dynasty move? Or is this someone- uh, he's both to me. Like he's someone you don't have to draft. But say for example, you you pull off the big trade and now you're down a receiver. Uh, he's just a name to follow and redraft, so to speak. I have him in Dynasty. But like I said, if you pull off the big trade or you see the injury happen to Keenan or Mike Williams, you already know who to get. I love his upside. I think he can definitely finish with 800 yards, at least six touchdowns, and that's with nothing happening because he's he's really good. I like the Callaway pick. Um, you were speaking about the 50, he's a 50-50 kind of guy, and I think he had the right quarterback. I mean, because he's a 50-50 thrower, you know? <laughs> he's going to give the receiver opportunity to make a play on the ball. My question is this. Callaway, he looks nice, but against number one cornerbacks, you don't think they would be able to shut this kid down? Defenses are, when when they go that route, when they say, hey, we're going to put our best corner on them, I think a lot of defenses may make it a mistake of playing a man-to-man. I don't think out the gate he's going to be drawing double teams, and that, and that could be a recipe for disaster for a defense, just to trust your number one corner on this guy because you just think he's just another guy. And he kind of show you up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you think he could be that good? Like like he deserves a double off top? I don't, I'm not saying that, but just like Joe said earlier, he, if he's a 50-50 guy, he got a quarterback that's going to give him a chance. And if the ball is up there in the air, it's anybody's ball at that point. True. So he's the kind of guy, uh, James is the kind of guy he's going to trust as a receiver. That's true. So <laughs> yeah, I like this. He, he stretches the field really well. And even like, you, we all saw it during preseason. Even if you press him, I think people are going to do well and cover him to your point X, but he still has that Robbie Anderson kind of play. Cause Robbie Anderson is similar to that where he'll go quarters and stretches where we like, okay, where is he going to catch the ball? And next, you know, he catches a 50 yard bomb for a touchdown. This is the same upside, but he also gives you that dynamic that he's going to go for that 50-50 catch, and he's going to come down with it. He likes contested catches, and I think he said, like Evander saying, Jameis is the right guy that's going to want to try to throw a 50-50 ball. Right. My wide receivers, I have Mr. Cooper Cup of the Rams. Mr. Cooper. And then I have Mr. C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's dive into Mr. Cooper Cup. He is one of the most underrated wide receivers that's out there. The reason I say that is Cooper Cup has only put up wide receiver one numbers in pretty much each season that he's been in the league, but he did that with golf. So now if Coach McVay is singing the praises of his new quarterback and couldn't wait to get rid of his old quarterback, that just leads me to believe that there's a significant difference as far as the talent level there. And if there's a significant difference in the talent level at quarterback, and this guy was able to put up a almost a thousand yard season um, last year with golf, with golf having one of his worst seasons, um, he had 92 receptions. So again, if that's going to get better, maybe that 92 goes to a hundred, maybe that 975 yards goes to about 1200 yards maybe those touchdowns increase as well because again when you have a better quarterback you can only expect to have a better offense i believe that cooper cup is currently being grossly undervalued i put him up there at maybe wide receiver 15 by the end of the year 15 and the only reason i say 15 is because i almost have as much faith in his counterpart 
Mr. Robert Woods as I do in him. I just believe that Cup is likely to get more uh, touchdowns than Mr. Woods. So CeeDee Lamb, I believe, is poised to take over the wide receiver one position in Dallas. I know that may sting the Cooper truthers. I'm not saying that Cooper is a bad wide receiver at all, but he stays nicked up. Um, He's still recovering right now from an ankle surgery that was, I want to say like in January, February, something like that, like early in the year. I don't believe at any point in time in this in this uh, football year, he's going to be 100% healthy and to start the season below par health-wise and to already be a receiver that gets nicked up throughout the season, I think that's a bad combination. But even, even without injury to Cooper, I believe that CeeDee Lamb is going to naturally take over as the number one wide receiver. He's been all the rage in camp. They can't stop talking about him. If you recall the numbers he was putting up with Dak in his first few games as a wide receiver in the league in general again no offseason etc this guy is on par with the Justin Jeffersons of the world he just didn't have the quarterback to get him the ball I believe he would have had the same type of a year and and I'll throw this out there I believe he'll have a better year this year than Justin Jefferson so I'm that bullish on C.D. Lamb. I believe that the offense that he's in, based on the teams that, if you look at the um, the schedules, Dallas is going to be in some dogfights. They're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. Hopefully their defense has proved a little bit, but odds are it's going to be incremental steps, not a huge shift when we're talking about hoping that rookies kind of make the difference, namely um, Parsons at linebacker. I believe that they're going to be attempting to run up the score because they won't know whether or not they can stop the other team from scoring. And that's going to play a huge role. They already said they're going to be moving him around the uh, field so he won't just play the slot receiver, which he did on last season. So the fact that they're gonna um they're kind of putting him in an X receiver, wide receiver, slot receiver, like they're moving him all around the field. That bodes well. I just believe that Cooper Cup and Lamb are currently being drafted beneath where they're gonna end up. That's my man's in there. I got a couple guys, man, that's that's way down deep. Way down deep. Um, I got a guy coming in at 43. Ranked 43rd receiver, Corey okay. Davis. This guy's been rated. They just had the NFL top 100. He was on the top 100. So you're not going to find a top 100 player, the 43rd best, considered the 43rd best at his position. Facts. Um, he's definitely the cheapest wide receiver one you're going to find. Um, preseason came around. Seem, him and Zach Wilson seem to be nice. Seem the chemistry is there. Even though I, I know Elijah Moore sat out those games, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to play a, a, a big part in the offense. But him and Corey Davis, man, it's like every drop back he was in Corey Davis' way. Now, the one concern I do maybe have that Corey Davis is going to see a lot of number one corners this year that he didn't see when he was in Tennessee. So that's one thing. But I don't think you can find um, – He's coming off uh, pretty much a thousand yard seasons from last year, uh, five touchdowns. As far as bang for your buck, you're not going to find um, a, a better deal. And this, my next guy, he's number forty at his position, and that's Chase Claypool. This guy coming off of uh, eleven total touchdowns from last season. Once again, name me a wide receiver that's fortieth, or just name any position that's the fortieth best that got. 11 touchdowns, double-digit touchdowns. There are none. Um, Had over 100 targets last year. I think that would definitely increase this year as uh, the guy like Big Ben is another year move. He's going to see a better passing with the running game 
because they had a lack of running game last year. So I think with the running game this year, it's, it's going to be a lot more openings. Um, and he's a threat to run the ball. You know, they gave him a little few jet sweeps here and there. And I think Claypool is another guy that can probably finish wide receiver too. Uh, so if you are mm, you getting the 40th best guy and he's finishing wide receiver two numbers, it's definitely a steal. So that's definitely my man's NM. Yeah, I love Claypool. I like that's Mapletron slash Megatron for me. And I think uh, Juju is definitely going to be delegated to a, a much smaller role than much people anticipated because Deontay is obviously declared number one. Big Ben didn't. And the offense they made around him because of his elbow, they didn't attempt many deep passes. And I think now that's I think that's where you're gonna cash in with Claypool because Claypool burnt a lot of people. Same thing with James Washington in that offense. They burnt a lot of people, but Ben Rothenberg couldn't really get him the ball the ball based on the projection and the concepts was really to open up the shorter route to a Deontay, to a Juju. And I think even Najee's threat as a receiver out the backfield plays heavily into his the upside of Claypool because we now know that we have to account for somebody in the flat who can take it, you know, to the house because Najee's a phenomenal pass catcher. I think that's one thing that people don't know about him. He catches the ball phenomenally well, but that's gonna help Claypool. Claypool is gonna go off the wall and so does cooper cup i think uh zay to your point too cooper cup 15 like you said that's just a floor but he has so much potential he's like antonio brown to me uh as far as how he's able to get open and gain separation on people and he just he just has a way of just creating those last things at the top of his routes that's the stem of his routes like robert woods is dope but cooper cup to me is the better receiver on the uh, rams offense uh my first tight end up is right back to the Rams, tight end for the Rams. Tyler Higby is just a phenomenal tight end. He was splitting work with Everett, who's now a tight end for Seattle. Um, he was splitting work with Everett last year, so I don't believe he was able to really maximize. But let us not forget, he had a five-week stretch where he put up historic tight end numbers. Not really good not great historic like literally he made nfl history for that five game stretch for a tight end think about all the great tight ends that have been in the nfl think about all the ones that are playing right now and this is tyler higby this is tyler higby but this is my thing right uh i want to go to the subject with the, the the number of miles to feed do you think this would be um you know affect him at all with having no, woods because with having cooper cup in this particular offense, and now Deshaun Jackson, I get it. But in this particular offense, there's a specific role for the tight end, and the fact that now there's no competition in his particular position, that's that's a godsend. I, I would rather there be an additional wide receiver than him have competition at tight end. So those red zone opportunities that he got last year when he was sharing the tight end opportunity now that's all him so for him to get all of those opportunities in an offense that calls for the ball to be thrown to the tight end in those type situations the offense isn't changing they just upgraded the quarterback let's also combine that into the fact that stafford has always loved his tight end so if the Higbeast was able to do what he was able to do with golf, and now he's again getting an upgraded quarterback with a guy who has a pattern of throwing the ball to the tight end, what more could you possibly ask for? 
in, in not, well, no, 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 no. There, there, there's one additional point, and it's very important. For most drafts, you can get him in the last round. That's true. He, he's, he, I mean, like, if you punt the position, you, you might actually have a, that. Because, what? I mean, Tyler Higby, from uh, the, the, the rankings I've been seeing, he's like the sixth-ranked tight end. So how are you getting in the last round? No, no. Ranked versus average draft position is two different things. Well, even his average draft position is showing like round eight. His average draft position, from what I'm looking at, is showing round twelve. How many rounds is in the draft? Uh, it it depends. You see what I'm saying? It depends I, on. I don't, in, I in our league, the bench is pretty deep, so there, there's yeah, a lot my, more rounds. Than my most. thing is this: I just don't want the his listeners. average draft position has increased a little bit, but he's still at the hey, back end of your draft. It, right yeah, now. he's probably going to be at the back end because tight ends one of those positions. If people not getting the elite, they're going to wait on. But mm-hmm. I don't want nobody to get confused now. This guy's on With, the radar. So don't think, well, I'm going to wait and get Higby my last pick. No, right, you're not. Right, right, right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, no, saying. no. Because his his average draft position has risen quite a bit. Because right. when I looked up his information in preparation for the show, in comparison to what it's showing right now, he wasn't at 12 before. You could literally get him at the end of your draft. Right. But I guess people are starting to wake up. But yeah, even at, even in the 12th round, though, to be able to get uh, um, a tight end that's starting worthy that deep, it, it's another one of those values. Like maybe you wait to get your Big Ben, your Winston, you get your Higby, and, but you've loaded up on wide receivers and running backs. So right. – these type players give you the opportunity to load up in other areas and still have the opportunity to have someone who's number one in their position by the end of the year. So Higby is one of those guys that I, I mean, the, the sky's the limit. Um, also the next tight end that I have, the sky's the limit for him as well. And that's Mr. Andrews with the Ravens. Um, they don't really have any healthy receivers at all. Um, he he he's going to pretty much be their passing game. Um, in in his last couple of years, I would like to point out that although he hasn't had the yards that some other tight ends have had, he he's actually gotten double digits um, in the tight end. Um, it, it, as far as uh. There are not too many tight ends that get double-digit touchdowns. He's actually gotten double-digit touchdowns in his very young career. So combine that with being the best option for Lamar Jackson, I really love his outlook. Um, And right now, um, with the tight ends that are going in front of him being obviously Kittle, I mean, mean Kelsey, you got Waller, Kittle as well, Um, and then you got Andrews. So he's He's like the number four off the board right now, but you can get him in the sixth round. So you've kind of solidified, again, a few other positions, and then you're getting a guy who could very well, um, you know, pop off. So I I really love his outlook, and I I can see him getting double-digit touchdowns. I can see him getting somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to 80 receptions and somewhere close to around 1,000 yards being the fact that he's not only a tight end, but the best ca- pass catcher um, with the Ravens. Right. So um, those are my two guys. My tight end, the guy, he actually is ranked lower than both of your guys. And I think maybe going to have a better season than both of your guys. Okay. No, sh- no shot. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. Um, 
this guy is the seventh ranked tight end. Um, coming off a, a much improved season last year, made a nice little leap. Um, he's the best. TJ's number five right now, and um, Higby's number eight. Okay, well, on, on my list, they had him number seven. Maybe he moved up the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy is the best receiver on the team. Absolutely. Um, they're probably going to be an offense that's going to be a little run heavy and, and, and pretty much mediocre. mediocre. So um, I think his scoring potential is, is going to be pretty good. Uh, I just, I mean, besides the, 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 the big, maybe like besides a Waller, I don't see any other tight end in the NFL that has a better situation. And what I mean by that is just being the number one target. Wallace, number one target on his team. This guy should be number one target on his team. All the other tight ends are sharing targets. A la, and maybe a Kittle in there. But Kelsey, those guys, they, they have other guys that's on there that can be considered the, the number one target. So I think, you know, bang for your buck, I think TJ Hawkinson is, is probably the, the guy you should go for. Uh, my other tight end, of course, the guy I always be talking about, kind of tired of saying his name. He's the 23rd rank. You're talking about don't pick a tight end to your last pick, Zach Ertz. I mean, I get it. Oh, did you yeah. see the article that came out? Well, it was it was more of a blurb, if you will. But he well, said that I, he put everything behind him as right, far as the – Right, he want to retire Eagle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I mean, come like on. him buried the hatchet. I mean, man, look at He's the 23rd ranked tight end. This not this is truly a guy you can get with your last pick. I mean, two seasons ago, this nigga he he, he had nine hundred yards receiving, six touchdowns. That was just two seasons ago. The guy's only thirty years old. There was no catastrophic injury or anything like that. It was just disgruntled, front office type Facts. stuff. Um, and I, he's better. Than, I think he's better than Goddard. I know everybody like, oh Goddard is coming. I think Ertz is better talent than Goddard. And Ertz and, can't block, so Goddard is more likely, to, if, if both of them are in, to be the one that's blocking. Right, and I think they're going to definitely run a lot of two tight end sets this year. They ain't going to have no choice. They they only yeah. got one wide receiver. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I, I think bang for your buck. This guy was considered a top five tight end a few years ago. It was Kelsey. True. It was him. It was Kittle. That was the top. These top three. Those are top three guys. This now you can get him for free. For free. Let me ask you this. Now, do you actually have to draft him? Is, no. is he still available on the on the waivers at the most drafts? Yes. Yes. So like you I don't say, even, you can wait and <laughs> make a trade or two or something and just pick him up right, right. before right before the first game. Because here's the thing about tight ends. Nobody's for the most part, unless they don't have one, no one's picking up a tight end before game one. Whatever tight end they got is the one they're going with. So Ertz sure. is going to be there. If he's on your waiver, he's going to be there. And you don't get Kelsey, and you don't get Waller. Just wait, just wait. I mean, go ahead and fill out the other positions, man. Because once I, you, I would add Kittle to that list as well, though. I with the Kittle, I, man, it's, it's just so many different unknowns in, in San Fran right now. Uh, I, I want to see how this thing works out again. I know he's uh, had an injury last year, and people kind of down on about. I just want to see. The quarterback issue, all that kind of shake out. You know what I mean? Um, but definitely Kittle, too. I just think if you don't get those top-tier guys, man, just wait on your tight end and grab this guy for nothing. And I think he can give you tight end one numbers on, you know, week in, week out. I can see it. Joe, who you got? 
Oh man, I gotta go back to. Well, first I'm gonna do the one I did. I haven't mentioned. I'm gonna go Jared Cook, who is now with the Chargers. Uh, there's nobody else, obviously, um, other than Jared Cook coming into this role, and he still gets it done. Like last year, he had uh, several seven touchdowns last year, nine touchdowns the year before, five over 500 yards last year, 700 the year before that. In a Joe Lombardi system, which he's going back to while coming into the Chargers, I think great things that he still gets it done. He's a veteran. Uh, he catches the ball phenomenally, and he's still a deep threat. And his success in that system is is getting him for cheap because you don't even have to draft this guy, and he's the only tight end in a Joe Lombardi offense. And we've seen how they featured the tight end in the past, so that's him. And then the second one, another guy you don't necessarily have to draft, but you probably should spend the last or second to last pick on him is Anthony Ferg. So yet, yet again, I have to uh, go back to him as well. Another guy who is the only guy in the offense, but also while uh, playing with Juno Smith, played a significant role as a receiving tight end. Uh, Bayard, uh, the all-pro safety, puts him up there in regards to playing with Delaney Walker and Juno Smith. And then obviously, well, uh, Arthur Smith, who's now with the Falcons, had phenomenal things to say about this guy. He just he doesn't wire you at one particular set skill set, but he manages to find a soft spot in the zone. He sits well in the zone, and he didn't get many opportunities to be featured in the red zone for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, Henry, Juno, uh, and and others, obviously. But I think this year, like I said, it's nobody else, and that's that was a tight end a group that had 139 targets. Uh, as opposed to the 253 that went to wide receivers, and he let go three of those receivers in the offseason. So, like I said, you get them second to last round, you can probably take a chance on them being a free agent, but those are two guys that you can get that are starting uh, tight ends. Like it. Like it. I I, I can't see. No, let me ask you this, though. So, in with the Chargers, didn't they have a guy, um, I'm going to mess up his name, like uh, – Parham or um, what's what's that guy? Uh, I no, think no, he was, you had it right. Um, it's Parham, he, right? Yeah, I like him. He's he's definitely all right. Um, he just he's an in betweener. Like he's a good tweener. He's he has the size of more of a wide receiver right now than a tight a traditional tight end. Um, but they got a few. They have more so blockers uh behind them. But even so, Ferkster, like I said, he had what fifty something targets last year. Even that's with Juno being there, and that he counted for forty-one percent of the target share last year, and Juno had forty-seven, and obviously now he's in New England. So one hundred thirty-nine targets last year for tight ends in that group. I'm not saying he's gonna get all one hundred and thirty-nine, uh, but like I said, with them losing wide, letting go wide receivers this offseason, even if you put a Julio up there, it's still vacated over two hundred targets between the receivers that they let go between Corey Davis or others, that this guy is going to get some of those uh, receptions easily. I like Cook for sure, too. Um, he has familiarity with the offense already. Um, and this kid is actually going undrafted also in a lot of teams. I, I see. I think he's in the free list and I'll leave. Yeah, he reminds me of Vernon Davis, who, who just keeps playing later in their career, and he just still has the speed, man. Like, yeah. Jared still got it. I wish he would have stayed with the Packers. 
He killed it, that playoff catch. Yeah. Man, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. So, so let me ask you this, Joe. Um, if let's say, for instance, right, if you had a George Kittle at your number one tight end position, right, mm-hmm. um, looking at, let's say, a redraft league for the sake of the argument, mm-hmm. and you were thinking about having a backup tight end like Ferkser, right, but on your bench, let's say on the tail end of your bench, you had players like Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Leviscus, Chenault. Um, that, that, that's kind of like the tail end of your bench. Um, or um, you have a Jacoby Myers, who we didn't mention, but actually I believe he's a number one receiver that can yeah. actually be drafted a little bit lower than um, even Corey Davis that um, – Vander mentioned a little bit earlier, but of those guys, would you drop any of them to back up Kittle? If I had to pick one, I'm going to get rid of LaVisca, because Stevenson, he, Damien, I don't know, Dame got to watch for his job this year. Stevenson is just a great all-around back. Um, then to your point with Jacoby, Jacoby is the number one wide, wide receiver. I like the upside of Chenault, but when Marvin Jones is healthy, Shark is back. They got some, you know, I'm not um, saying Chenault not they got good. got Marvin Jones, DJ Shark. Yeah, and it's a, it's a third receiver that I like over there, too, that I'm rocking with. But yeah. I like Chenault, don't get me wrong, but I would get rid of him for first or easy because it's, it's a guaranteed five points. Kelsey owners, guys that pick Kelsey second round, first round. Would they be? Would you advise them maybe to trade Kelsey for another oh. position? You see what I'm saying? Would you would you be okay with? Some, you see what I'm saying? Would you be okay with streaming wide receiver numbers? So I wouldn't trade him. Right, but what I'm saying is, can they trade for maybe a RB one or Whoa. a wide receiver one, and then say, you know what, I'm gonna stream this position because it's In been the case it's of been Kittle. If I if I had Kittle. And maybe Darren Waller, I'll definitely, I'll definitely take that to the bank and go get an RB one. But Kelsey, no. But with like a Waller on down, oh hell yeah, I'm going to trade them for, like you said, get you an RB one and then go and get him because his volume is impressive. And it's you're dealing with somebody who is a nuanced route runner. You're not just dealing with somebody who, oh, he was the backup that blocked. No, this guy had 53 targets while Juno was on the field. You know what I mean? So we already know who time it is for him to catch the ball in this offense. So that covers the That's My Man's and Them episode. We put it on wax. We put in our fantasy reputations at stake here <laughs> with our picks. We're telling you that these are guys that you can take to the bank, and we're doing it with extreme confidence. So, if you've heard arguments that you like for one player or another, or you find yourself in a situation in the draft where certain players just fall into your lap, or um, one other thing to look for is a lot of times after the draft, people will have buyer's remorse, and they may want to get rid of a player that they kind of have a bad feel about. And um, you can kind of sneak in and uh, get a couple of players that were mentioned, uh, maybe for a few players that you feel kind of iffy about, but the, your opponent thinks that it's a good deal. So those are the type of things that you want to look for. I promise you, um, 
other than with what Joe said about um, Sanders and Barkley, you can't go wrong with any of these picks. <laughs> but look, though, we coming, we coming back at you. Um, we, we It won't be as long of a hiatus going forward. We're going to get a few shows out to you um, every week, at least two or three shows out to you a week. Um, outside of that, um, the next couple of episodes, we're probably looking at bold predictions. We got a little segment that we got um, called Get Them, Drop Them, Keep Them that we're going to drop on y'all out here pretty soon. But we're going to let the season kind of get started. I mean, we're here. The season is right around the corner. Uh, my Buckeyes are kicking butt and taking names right now as we speak. So, I mean, it, it's football time. Let's get ready. Let's get hyped. Let's go. We'll holler. Thank you.